Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Whitley, and you're tuned in to another Wondering Whitley session. If you're over watching me on YouTube, yes, I'm sitting in my car. Um, I'm still at this conference, so I had to get it in where I fit in. I didn't record yesterday, so you might get a back-to-back -back video. Um, they're at like a performance thing right now, so no classes are going on. And kind of what they do is they have multiple concerts and then we have things called adjudicators they're like judges and then they pick from all the adjudicated works and then pick the best what they think the best ones are and then they'll be in the gala on Saturday night so I was like well they just gonna have to catch me at the gala because I don't want to sit through all those performances uh because sometimes you sit through some ones that's just not good and I was like, I need a little bit of rest. I taught this morning, took a class, and I'm going to take another um, dance class after this gala. So I wanted to go give me something to eat. And then I was like, let me make these two videos while I'm here because I don't like getting way too far behind. Um, but I, this, the subject for this one is I want to touch on... I'm trying to figure out how to put it, <laughs> but I want to touch on resisting the urge to the urge of stagnation. And what I mean by that is that, you know, if you are somebody similar to me, like you, you have goals, you have dreams and, you know, you sometimes see yourself like manifesting those things or you you find yourself in a comfortable position like this is comfortable enough or there are things I want to reach but I'm reaching them but there's still you know uh things that I want to do or whatnot uh well sometimes when you reach certain goals or when you're in a certain place and it's maybe paying well sometimes we can get stagnant and the ways that we get stagnant is that we stop putting ourselves in environments where we are ch challenged to learn, like we're challenged out of our comfort zone. I'll give an example. Um, when a I'll probably give you a few examples through here. But when the pandemic hit at the beginning, um, I work at a university uh, and it was also the, work, the university I work at the professors that was there that now I'm colleagues with all of them were my professors before I left like when I was there for undergrad because I was only gone for two and a half years for grad school and I came back and now I'm working there well when the pandemic hit uh it really a lot a lot was going on because the George, George Floyd thing was going on like and students are different now. They from a they from a different generation. White, black, no matter what, like students are very different. They they not, you know, just letting stuff slide or you know, they speaking up about stuff. So we started having these town hall meetings because now everything is online. So we're having to reimagine how classes are going. We're having to reimagine curriculum that hasn't been touched in the past 15 20 years and these same professors were there well most of the professors who had you know saying power who were there full-time tenure most of them are 60 and above white women and excuse me if you white 
<laughs> watching this, I'm not saying this to just to only point out the race because this is the conversation is applicable to every race, but I'm pointing out their ethnicity and age because all of them had the same type. There was no diversity. There was no diversity and we had about four or five full-time faculty and four out of five of them had been there for the past at least 15 years minimum. But there was no real changes to the curriculum outside of my hip-hop class that got added in a social dance class, but those classes aren't even catered to dance majors. They did that so, you know, the dance program could stay afloat. It was like any feedback they were getting about our department I don't know if it was going in one area out the other or it was just kind of like, hey, what do y'all know? Well, that's kind of what was what, what was said from one professor. But, you know, no major changes was making, even though the landscape, if anybody knows about the dance world, is constantly changing. Anybody in any type of arts field, like you can't be stagnant because it's constantly changing. But all industries are changing a lot more. You know, tech is is taking people's jobs that we just never question. Like the world is constantly evolving. And so if you don't stay on the swivel and you stay not on a swivel for too long, something will come along where you can't hide behind what you've always done and what you've always been good, good at. Well, our department was one of those things you know I haven't shared this out loud but they just told I just found out about three weeks ago that they're phasing out our entire dance program and it should be phased they're not accepting any more new dance majors they're taking they had already taken our BFA away which is the degree that I have um, now they're taking our bachelor's of arts and they're just allowing us to have a minor but the entire department will be gone because it's not reaching the results and it saddens me because uh we have a lot of students who you know they love dance they they they're gung-ho and they're passionate about dance and they're trying to do like petitions and things like that and in my and in my mind I'm, I'm like I love the passion but having you know a lot of background knowledge that I'm really not sharing on here because I'm trying to be brief and get to another point uh the students don't understand that you had professors in positions who had the information and who were asked to make changes. But since there was no other accountability, because in certain things in academia, in academia, they can't really make you do certain things. They can make suggestions, even deans and stuff like that. But like, um, I forgot what it's called, academic... Uh, freedom or something like that like they can't really unless you're doing something morally wrong they let you run your department and you can run that mug into the ground if you want to but you know they'll just get rid of it like they're doing with ours and so um, our numbers have been consistently low and so students are doing all these petitions and stuff and I'm you know I'm rooting them on and at the same time I don't really share my opinion yet because I don't think it's you know, I don't think that conversation is necessary for them yet. I just kind of focus on adding value. But it was just, it's its interesting to see them because I think the conversation that needs to be had is that the people who were in position 15, 20 years 
they sat on their hands and they stopped learning. They stopped looking out at what was actually happening. They stopped innovating. They stopped doing what was necessary so that we can keep the numbers because we attract a lot of students, but then they get in and they like, this don't look nothing like I want to do. And it's like they tried to keep an old model that was cool in the 60s and 70s when y'all first got here. That's what the dance world looked like. That's what people wanted to do. But they tried to keep that same model with for years. Even when I was there, you just didn't attract that type of student. And so when the pandemic hit, all of them one by one just started retiring. So we don't have any full-time well, we got two now but they're new but all of our full-time faculty who were here who were here who had all the powers to change curriculum they didn't do any of that but all of them like retired you know when stuff started getting hard and things started getting exposed and we had to make a whole lot of shifts we were giving classes online for like a whole year and a half you know and so that went into our review and so they like all y'all full-time faculty gone, the numbers changing, and, you know, now here we are. And <laughs> I'm using this as an example to say resist getting comfortable because to me, and, and me and one of my homegirls who was also a, she was a colleague, she was a friend, but also went to this program with me when we were an undergrad. You know, I always tell her, I was like, our professors, they got comfortable. They were good at what they knew, but they stopped exposing themselves to what's happening now. And and when you expose yourself, like they didn't, you know, they they had one pedagogy class teaching students how to go out and teach and we went to a dance studio that one of the former studios owned. that's not a reflection of any of the schools that you're gonna send these students to like it's just not but none of them would know that because they never taught in the school they don't even work with kids outside of what they've always done for the past 15 years they're not exposing themselves to any new conferences they go to the same one or two conferences and they present and think they experts in everything, not taking no classes, not taking other people's classes, not taking no graduate student classes, just kind of just stuck in their ways. And when you're younger, you just kind of like, oh, well, you know, this conference is for us. But now being somebody who attends conferences from another perspective, it's like shoot I attend so I can learn like yeah I'm, I'm now I'm getting invited to come teach but I'm in every class like after this presentation after this award this dance show I'm going to go take a Horton class from a teacher who works at Texas State I took a, I teach hip-hop and I went to go take a hip-hop class to the woman who teaches it is the same age as me She's at New Mexico University, and her class was dope. And she was doing choreography that was hard for me. And I was up in the front with all these kids who, like, 18, 20, 19, like, I put myself in those positions. I have peers who are my age who are in the industry. When they come home, I'm like, I'm taking their class. And not because I want to necessarily master what they do, and not necessarily because I need to better my skills in a specific area, but I continue to expose myself on what is going on because if I'm in a position where 
I have people working under me or I have students who who are looking to me to expose them or looking to me to cheer them on. I would rather be a cloud that continues to expand as they expand than a ceiling that kind of stops them from their growth. Like I remember when I graduated, I went to my very first dance Africa when I was in DC. And then I went to the one in New York when I lived there to only come home and realize, I was like, dang, Dallas is a huge city. Why we don't do a dance Africa? Come to find out, I moved home in 2018. Dallas Black been hosting D Dance Africa for years now. And I'm like, we have a former student at Dallas Black. Like, why y'all never told us this? And you can be listening to this and like, well, that's your responsibility as a dance. And it's like, no, I never studied. I didn't grow up studying dance. We didn't have, I didn't have that coming from a single parent home. So my first like formal dance training was somewhat when I was doing drill team my last two years of high school and then after that it was when I got to college so honestly whatever my professors exposed me to is all I knew and it's like not even catering to the black students who come in there like I didn't know nothing they didn't they didn't really say much about Catherine Dunham we learned a little bit about Pearl Premise and y'all may not know these names but I'm saying like if you're in a position of authority and or even if you're not you know you can be in an industry where you work alone you got your own suite you got your own salon you got your own company you have your own customer service you you work online you work from home like you can be doing your own thing I'm using this I'm using my personal life I, I use dance as a as a speaking point because that's what I know but you can apply the principle to your own experience which is it's dangerous to stop learning even if you're in a position where you're comfortable it's like how are you continuing to develop your skills how are you continuing to expose yourself to what's happening in your industry so that you can even predict what may happen in your industry Anybody who owned like a, a hairstylist, esthetician, a spa or anything like that, nobody could have predicted the pandemic. Nobody. What about those salons that had, they, they not only owned their space and had to pay rent, but also they had estheticians and things under them. You know, like what happened? Some of them survived and some of them even did well in the pandemic if they had like products or if they had other online courses where like I know the esthetician I go to, she owns her own studio and she has about three estheticians that work with her that she has them on payroll during the pandemic. She had courses online for like other estheticians and because they know she has a lucrative business, them mugs was selling during the pandemic so they can be at home learning new skills. So her business is still making money. She also has her own skincare line, which I use and it's doing me wonders, honey. But she continued to make an investment. She was always going to conferences. So when the pandemic hit, it's not that she didn't, you know, she wasn't scared and didn't know how to pivot, but she was able to pivot and shift quicker because she stayed on the swivel. She stayed in the know. She stayed going to conferences. She stayed connecting with other estheticians. You know, I don't know what those conferences look like. They probably fun, but you know, she stayed 
exposing herself so that when something like that hit that truly affects her business like you literally can't do your the business you need to do legally at least unless you're doing it at your house you know like your business gonna suffer and I'm not you know speaking that that will happen again but I feel like if you in the industry like that, I know I would always be thinking, okay, what if this happens again? Or what if something like this happens? Or what if, you know, or, you know, even how can I expand? I know for dance, we're used to always being with each other. When we had to go fully online, that too much wasn't anything new for me, but it made me start thinking, okay, like I'm in a program now getting a certification in dance that had the pandemic not happen and had that this organization not continued that pivot like I wouldn't have even known about these classes I probably even when I found out about them wouldn't have been able to participate in this certification because it was always like in Indiana but now they're like now we've gone international in my cohort I have like two international classmates you know one from the Bahamas one is in South Africa well two are in Bahamas one is in South Africa like it's expanded their reach you know they 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 stayed on the swivel and it's actually expanded expanded their reach and so it always has me thinking as I'm building out my own nonprofit organization dance academy I always try to think okay just because things are going back to quote-unquote normal I always have my mind open to ideas like if we ever had to go back on Zoom or maybe a client or a school or a partnership wanted another option where we couldn't come face to face, do I have that to offer? Because that just opened up a whole new opportunity of how we can get our, you know, experience dance, experience education. But if I'm not continuing to expose myself, if I'm not continuing to learn, if I'm not continuing to create and put myself in uncomfortable positions that, you know, make me reach, make me think, make me challenge what I think I know, then I'm going to be stagnant no matter how successful I may look on the outside. And so I just wanted to share that with y'all because it's something that I think about often, like this whole summer I'll probably be at I'm already got on my calendar to be at like three or four different conferences and I enjoy going there and I present at those conferences but also like I go and I take class like I'm not going to soak up the sun and have my feet kicked up like I go and I take other people's classes because they have ideas that I don't and then when I take their class I'll be oh yes son y'all check the skin uh sorry y'all on uh <laughs> anchor I told myself I'm gonna admire myself more uh but yeah like I just wanted to share that because to me learning and continuing to learn just because we have if you do if you have a formal degree or diploma don't let what you read in school to get your degree be the last book that you have touched. You know, we should always be reading and 
putting more in our mind or listening to podcasts that's continuing to grow us in different areas. Sometimes I know I focused on professional development, like as far as your career, but it can be even be if you're exposing yourself to new knowledge about your finances or retirement or your mindset or handling and experiencing your emotions. It can be about your healing. It can be your self-care routine, like whatever it is. Make sure you're always exposing yourself to new information. Always. Like there shouldn't be a day go by where you don't listen to something. Five, ten minutes, read a book, whatever, that grows you in a new direction, that grows you every single day. And it don't take that much time. You can give five, five minutes to an hour. You choose whatever that is. But to me... There's not a day that goes by that I don't listen to something, read something, work on something that's towards my holistic growth. Whether it's dealing specifically with dance, whether it's dealing with my mindset, whether it's dealing with my finances, whether it's dealing with, you know, looking up what's going to be good for my skin during the summertime as it starts to get hot here in Texas. Like, it's always something. And if you're listening to my content you know, I can't tell you what to do, but that that's one thing that I encourage you to do. Find an area every single day to get consumed in, to learn new knowledge and to expose yourself, whatever your goals are. You don't have to be super ambitious in, in your professional life. Every woman is not. And I'm not one to encourage that. I talk about work a lot because I know the vision that God has put on my heart. But that's not everybody. You know, you may want to be a stay-at-home mom. You may be cool with working your job, going to work, paying your bills. But what other area do you want to maximize in your life? What other area do you want to expose yourself or get better at? Is it your body? Is it your dress code? Is it uh, your skincare? Is it how you take care of your body, like the, the after work? Is it your hair care? Is it... Uh, your teeth is it your nutrition is it your mindset is your money where you want it to be do you want to be a parent one day you can go ahead and start reading parent how to be a better mother books like is it your healing do you want to break past generational curses in a certain area like there are infinite amount of things you know we can be focused on you know, because honestly, when I'm focusing on career stuff, sometimes I feel overwhelmed trying to read a book about my finances. I'm like, man, this stuff that I'm learning and implementing in my career path just going to have to make me figure out the hard way. I'm so serious because I'm just like, and I, you know, not to single anybody out or exclude anybody, but especially, uh, the black community, like we have been so low on a totem pole and had to work our way up. Even in today's society, there are still women who are fighting for equal pay in certain industries. There are still women who are trying to find their space. Even at this conference, like, again, I can count on my hand how many black professors are here. And when I say one hand, I mean one. And there is at least a hundred faculty here. So just just put that in your mind. And these are university faculty in dance. So, you know, 
every everything you do is going to be uncomfortable everything you do you're going to have to step out of your box but if you find yourself in places where you've been comfortable for too long and you find yourself in routine i actually am scared of too much routine like don't get me wrong i have a routine but a routine too long for me one i get i get bored but i also get scared that i'm i'm not growing you don't ever want to be in a place where you're way too comfortable. Even when you get that dream job and you like, this is the job I've been working for, or this is the money, like there, there should always be a new dream. I know y'all probably tired of me using Kanye West, but look at the dream he had in his documentary just to do his music and to finally, you know, get signed to Rockefeller. Rock Nation, whatever they names are. <laughs> and then look at the dream he had to just finish college dropout. Then he had to continue to expand that dream to, to then, you know, once he is solidifying music, he like, I can do this in fashion. Then now he got these other dreams and it's just like, you know, think of the people who you think are truly successful and continue to expand and you're like, dang, what else they going to do? Like, those are people who don't get comfortable with what other people deem as the level of success they would love to achieve. It's like, no, always be challenging yourself. Always be better than yourself. I've met people who reminisce so much and be like, oh, I would love to go back to high school or I would love to go back to college. I had fun in college. I had fun in high school and I feel like I experienced what I need to experience, but that never really comes out of my mouth. There is not too much I want to go back and relive and do just because I love where I'm at now. The good, the bad, and the ugly of it. Like, ain't nothing in the past that I just want to go back and I I wish I can go back to this time. No. And I always want to feel like that. I always want to feel like my now and my future is way more exciting than anything I experienced in my past. And, And to be honest, I feel like some of my undergrad experience I wasn't really fully present for. And that I do wish I was more present But now that's why I focus on being present. I focus with being present on like when I'm like, dang, like my money getting low again. At least my bills paid. But dang, like I need this mug to stretch. I'm going to still enjoy this season because there's going to be a season where I don't even got to look at my account for nothing. I can swipe and buy whatever. I believe that day is coming. I'm going to still be smart, but that I'm not going to always be in this season. There's going to be a season where I'm not having to clock in from a nine to five for somebody else because that's what I'm working for but I'm still going to enjoy this season while I'm doing it there's going to be a season where you know I'm just doing the things that I said I would do and then I will have a new dream even in that season like I can't get comfortable like once I hit that I'm going to always want something else after that I'm going to always want to expand once I get Dance Academy rolling in this mobile you know now I'm going to want I'm, I'm going to want teachers. Then after we get a few teachers, then it's going to get so big where I'm going to need a building. Then after we get that one room studio, then we're going to need a theater attached because people want to come here and get shows. Like there's always going to be a new dream, you know? So I encourage you, like, don't stop dreaming. And again, I'm using my career as an example, but there are other areas that I'm focused on. Like I said, my finances, my my hair, my skin, 
my wardrobe, all of that I'm still working on. So whatever it is for you, just don't let yourself get stagnant. Don't let yourself get comfortable in a routine of just going from day to day and doing the same thing. Because right there is when stuff comes where you can't hide behind what you're doing. You're going to be stuck behind the curve and it's going to be even harder for you to catch back up. My professors who had to retire, they retired not because they were no longer capable, because in many of in about two of them admitted this. They was just like the changes they want us to make in this shorter time is just too hard. For someone their age, for someone who has not been learning, whose eyes have not been to the street, like it was just too hard for them to pivot. So they they took that retirement. You know, and I don't blame them because I feel like it was time. But imagine somebody like Debbie Allen is probably the same age or older than all of my professors who left. And it don't look like this woman's stopping, but she stays in it. She stays in it. She always stays fresh. She always stays in the know. She still be on uh, Instagram dancing with her students. Then learn how to work it. She be doing Instagram lives. Like it's it's people like that that show me like age don't even matter. Age don't matter. That ought to give you more and more wisdom. So it's like to me, we can never get stagnant. We can never stay in one place and just, you know, accept, oh, I've made it. No, there's always more. And you have to figure out what that more is for you. So I love y'all so much and I'll see you on the next one.